Views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. Welcome. I want to welcome you to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for everything that you have been doing, all the emails that you've been sending is really awesome to connect with you. We got something really super duper planned for you in this next coming six months. We're going to have a listener appreciation event and we're going to do it in two ways. One, we're going to be able to do it in person for those of you that, that are living near our studios, whether it be WBLQ, whether it be in, uh, Voice America, uh, in, in Arizona or whether it be in Seattle or other places. And so what we're planning is to connect with you directly. So stay tuned for some of the really cool things that we're planning, getting you into the studio, getting you on air, and giving you a voice because for so many years you have given us a voice. And it's in that appreciation that we're planning to pay it forward. Now, let me just talk a little bit um, about my guest today. Uh, I have had the opportunity to interview Lynn McTaggart several times. And the first time um, that I was really touched by her work was, you know, this amazing, award-winning, best-selling author's book, The Field. And then I got to play a little bit more with her. Uh, during the intention experiment. Now, both of these, the field and the intention experiment, are masterpieces. And I say that in a lot of ways. You know, those of us that have come up through the ranks doing research and, and almost finding it a lost art to some extent, so appreciate the approach that Lynn has taken over the years. But more importantly, what she's been able to do is really connect the dots. That's what I love about being able to have the conversation I'm getting ready to have today. You know, The Bond is her latest book, uh, and it, 30 languages. It is incredible. Most people that read this book understand that there is work to be done, and it is not divisive. It is the work where we respect and appreciate each other, and then we actually take action about that. You know, so today I get to have the fun and the completely empowered conversation with one of the world's most well-known authors, change agents, transformative angels on the planet, Lynn McTaggart. Lynn, thank you for joining me here today. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you. What a lovely beginning. It is cool. I want to take a moment and I want to, you know, digress for a little bit before we talk about the bond and some other things. I want to talk about the field because I, I, it was such a, how do I want to say it, powerful, powerful body of work. And then, of course, the intention experiment. And the bond, uh, you know, when you put all these together, it is this trilogy kind of 
at least in my mind. And I wanted to chat with you for a minute as you look back on that first, and maybe not the first body, but that, that huge body of work, the field, and how that is even more relevant today. Well, you know, it's really interesting because um, everybody harks back to that, and it's inspired a lot of things. I mean, I keep getting notices from from people. I've been in a lot of, I've been a character in a lot of novels. Um, <laughs> some, my agent wrote me yesterday to say that somebody pitching a quartet of uh, young adult books, fantasy books, and sci-fi books had based it on the field, was yep. really inspired by the field. So I've been really pleased to see that so many people in so many areas um, really took that book to heart. And uh, even Hollywood took it to heart. Um, uh, you know, I noticed I could see a lot of little threads in, in movies like Avatar where they were putting it together, this whole field of information. Right. Um, I, I, I hope that my real hope was that that work, which was done by so many essentially anonymous but hugely important scientists in their labs and almost overlooked, was, to my mind, completely changing the face of science, which was changing the face of our own story of who we are. And I think what was so exciting for me um, and daunting when I was researching that book was realizing that I was on the brink of this completely new definition of what it is to be human and that, you know, we were about to see a revolution, a complete revolution in our consciousness and our thinking about, you know, what we are and how we relate to other people and that we are not these individual isolated beings in a universe of individuality, but that we're part of something larger, that we are, in a sense, just part of a giant interconnected web. And that starts changing everything you think about. And I always thought of that I was going to write a trilogy because I thought I needed to write the theory, which is the field, and then to look at the power of consciousness through the intention experiment and what consciousness and explore exactly what consciousness is. And then I really wanted to say, okay, how do we live this? And that was really what the bond was all about. So thank you for recognizing that. Well, it, it is, and you know, it was. It's fascinating because uh, you know, it's. I have to tell you, Lynn, it seems like a a blink away that you you did the field. You know, you wrote the field, you did the the research. You, you know, I mean, it, it's almost like blink. There it was, right? It, it's almost like there's there's this no, there's no gap. And I and what I'm trying to say is, there are some books or some bodies of work that get done. And what happens is that the body of work comes out and it's relevant for a short period of time. And after a while, okay, then the author has to come back and has to redo it. Yours, I think, is the opposite, if you understand what I'm saying. It, mm. The field came out way before its time. That's why Hollywood is trying to catch up with you, Lynn, by the way. Uh, <laughs> the intention experiment put meat on the bones of the law of attraction and all the other laws. And the bond now, which, I, which I'm so thrilled to talk with you about, really becomes the invitation. And one of the things that I talk about a lot is when the heck are we going to get off the fence of maybe? 
for years in my life, I've sat on the fence of maybe, and I think you know what I mean, although I don't see you sitting on the fence of maybe of anything. Um, <laughs> but you understand, it's another way of, of saying we're stuck. But I even think the term stuck is outdated. Uh, I think there are challenges, and I want to ask you about the bond. You know, there are so many invitations in this book to help us step off of the fence of maybe and know that there's going to be sure-footed ground there. What is it that, you know, drove you to take this approach and, and, and make this a call to action? Well, first of all, I was, you know, observing um, the way things were crumbling around us. Um, you know, I started, I pitched this book in 2008, just when the economic crisis started, and I had always thought I was going to write a how-do-we-live-the-field type book. And I'd even done a great big series on how to live, you know, extended human potential called Living the Field. It's a it's a 48-part part work. Um, but I still wanted to give people some sort of idea of, you know, if we're all inter- interconnected, if we're not individuals on a lonely planet, um, just, you know, eking out our own survival, and if it's not survival of the fittest, then we have to live in a very different way. That was always apparent to me way back when I was writing the field in, in the late 90s. So I started thinking, okay, why are we in the mess we're in? And, you know, there was this personal situation that happened to me that really sparked it all. Um, I have two daughters, and one of them is very talented in um, in drama. And she was chosen for the main part in her school play until... At one point, I heard that she'd been shunted to a more minor role, and I could never get out of her the reason until one of her other friends let slip that another girl um, had lied to take over the part given my daughter when a new director came on board. And that girl, by the way, was my daughter's best friend. And I was sort of so stunned by this turn of events that I tried to bring this up with her mother, and she just brushed me off, and she just sort of looked at me and said, well, you know, that's life. And that really started my whole thinking about this was, you know, it was really answering the question, were we meant to be this competitive? Is that our story? You know, are we meant to be this individual? Because that is our life. You know, when I started thinking about what that woman said to me, I thought, well, you know, as cruel as it is, she's right. Yeah. This is a life we adults have designed for ourselves because competition and individuality at any expense is the warp and woof of the educational model, of the business model, of the relationship model. Mostly it's all about what's in it for me and even our neighborhoods. You know, God forbid your neighbor is driving a Mercedes when you're puttering around in a Ford. So my big question was, was it supposed to be like this? And, you know, as I say, it was also to answer why are we at the end of end point of so much in our lives? You know, finances crashing down, the whole business model crashing down. We're at the end of our ecological rope. You know, how come our neighborhoods have collapsed? What's going on here? So the answer to that in my mind was that we're living according to an outdated and wrong-headed story. You know, because lots of things write the story we live by, but science writes the biggest chapter. And the scientific story we've been living by for 300 plus years is a story brought to us by Newton and Darwin, which is that life is full of individual things that we're all very 
you know, substantial, individualized, and self-contained entities. So I'm not at all part of you. I'm just completely self-contained. And that, and secondly, that we've got to struggle to survive. Life is all about a race to the finish line. And, you know, that model, which is really Darwinian, has, has essentially been this incredible leitmotif in, in the world, that in the Western world, that, you know, has driven our thinking in our industrialized world and is responsible for everything we've created around us, all of our societal structures. So I set out to look at, first of all, was this right? Did nature design us for this? Is this the true scientific story now? And the second thing was, if not, how are we really meant to live and how do we do that to recover what's now, you know, missing from our lives and to recover wholeness and also to get ourselves back on track? So that was the big assignment I gave myself. Well, I love that you gave yourself that assignment because, you know, part of this is this reckoning, this questioning that you had that situation with your your daughter. Um, I I hear stories like that all the time. And it seems like, Lynn, and I'd like to talk to you about this when we come back from break. It seems like if you want to go back, let's go back 20, 30 years ago, for example. You know, maybe then, in that moment, at that time, you may have said, yeah, maybe the world is like that. But something is changing. There's something in the air. Maybe it's in our water. When we come back, we'll tell you what that is. And if we have this thing that's changing and people are moving towards it, what is it going to take for all of us to understand it to change the planet for good? Let's take a short break. Lynn McTaggart, my very special guest, we're talking about the bond the field, the intention and experiment, and who knows, maybe American Idol. I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Connect with your personal guardian angels, guides, and departed loved ones at Angels and the Afterlife, an enlightening day of answers with Doreen Virtue and John Holland on September 22nd in Seattle, Washington. Audience readings will be given throughout the day, so reserve your seat today by calling 800-654-5126. Discover how guardian angels support, heal, and guide to enact positive life changes. Tune in and increase your innate intuitive abilities to receive signs and signals from the other side. Seats are limited for the Angels and the Afterlife event, so call 800-654-5126 to reserve your seat today or online. Visit HayHouse.com. Some talk networks broadcast whatever they want to, whether the vibration is high or low. Others tune in to the highest vibration possible to help people live life full out. These networks don't come along very often. But when they do, they remind us that we can achieve everything that is possible to help ourselves, to help others, and to help the planet. Hello, everyone. I'm Sue London. I'm Karen Hager. I'm CJ Liu. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. These networks aren't concerned about sensationalizing bad news. 
they hear something on the radio, and then all of a sudden, their whole day is ruined. They aren't concerned about sensationalizing individuals' setbacks. Powerful, inspiring. They focus on an amazing, innovative broadcast network. You can learn a lot. That helps people rise up. That helps people become empowered. Empowered Living Radio is where you can find it. That helps people say yes to standing in the abundance and amazement that is their lives. The urge to grow. These networks remind us that everything is possible. Let us inspire you. That nothing is limited. Epic social change. That our lives are much more than anything our minds would hope us to believe. Overcome those challenges in your life. These networks help us rise and shine to the occasion of our lives. True empowerment. Transformation Talk Radio is one of these networks. Transformative radio show that will change your life. Won't you join us? Join us on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or a comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. You know, uh, I'll tell you, it's such an honor to have Lynn McTaggart joining me here today. And it's always kind of cool to get to chat with her because, see, what happens with me is I then get to pull out these books. And, uh, by the way, I read everybody's book. And so I get to be reminded of this idea that there are people in this world that are moving and pulling others forward. You know, it used to be, Lynn, that uh, we felt like we were being pushed. There's a gentleness now happening in some circles about pulling us forward. And I wanted to ask you about this thing that we call wholeness. And you actually call it the pull. And yet I'm so struck by the, the media right now, you know, smack dab in the middle of a political... I think it's a catastrophe, the level of anger that's going on with our, with our elections here. And, and yet, I, I'm reminded when I read your book that there really is another way. But let's talk about what wholeness is. It is, again, one of the most used words. When you ask people on the street what it is, a lot of folks can't tell you. <laughs> well, I, I tried to define it in four different ways because um, you know, my research that I came up with um, certainly screamed at me from every science, from biology and physics to anthropology and psychology, all the ologies were basically saying nature doesn't have a drive to compete. Nature has a drive for wholeness. And we see it with human beings because we have a need to belong that's bigger than any other need we have besides eating and having sex. I mean, it's probably the best drug we have. The studies show, and there's loads of it, that, you know, suicides kill themselves because they have what psychologists call excessive individuation. They feel left out. Um, And that belonging to a group 
can protect you against stress, heart attack, stroke, even the common cold. So, you know, if you, even if you're financially challenged, you don't have stress, um, the science has shown, if, if you have two things. One, a strong spiritual sense, but even more, a strong spiritual community. So community is really essential to the human being. Um, giving is essential to us. We need to give as much as we need to eat or, and have sex. You know, we have an absolute will to give. We have a need to essentially agree with each other, even with the people we don't agree with. We automatically imitate each other. We pick up each other's emotions. We find each other individually and collectively contagious. You know, if you're happy, you're more likely to be surrounded by happy people, um, not because you self-select happy friends, but because of the natural spread of happiness. We're emotionally contagious. And finally, our demonstration of wholeness is we need to be fair. Human beings have a need to be fair and a need, we have a it's not fair button in our brains that goes off if we don't get our fair share or if we take too much. Um, it's not fair or if other people take too much. And that's why everybody's so pissed off at the bankers right now because they feel like when people are out of work, it's not fair they've got these bonuses. So that's part of what nature's designed us to feel like. Only good when we're part of a collective. And when you say, well, okay, what's happening now? I think what's happening now is the old systems are falling apart. We've come to a place in our evolution where those old systems no longer serve us. They're falling apart, and we have to do something new. But here's the problem. A lot of people talking about 2012 talk about, you know, oh, we're going to evolve as though we just have to sit back and we'll get dusted with fairy dust, and it'll <laughs> all change. Our consciousness is going to completely change without us doing a thing. And I don't agree with that. I'm one of those people who believe that we do have to get off our butts and do the work. And the work is all about, comes down to one simple thing, changing the hard drive that we've all been sort of programmed with since the time we were little with the whole idea of I win, you lose. But the only way I can win and thrive is at your expense. And that threads through everything we do these days. So... We need to start learning how to see more holistically, relate differently, um, have a larger view and connection with other people, learn how to come together for goals bigger than our own because that's a great way of connecting people. And also take the responsibility of um, stepping up to the plate to, you know, to be the change agent. You know, Lynn, one of the things you talked about, and this is, this is beautiful, because I was talking to you d- during the break, and I was saying, you know, we were talking about uh, my learning, uh, being learning different, and what I was actually able to do really well. But this idea about fairness is something that we have debunked for years. And what I mean by that is you know the counter-argument is, whoever told you life should be fair? Yeah. Um, and guess what? It is intuitive, innate feeling Right? I mean, imagine a couple of cavemen and women sitting around a fire. And, you you know, four of them went out and and got their meal for the day. And they come back with the meal, and it gets dispersed around the, the, let's call it the cave person table, in a way that people don't feel is just. Meaning the head kahuna cave person eats all the meat. 
you know, somebody raises a hand and says, wait a minute, we went out there and actually knocked down that whatever it was. And yet at the same time, you go, let's move forward. I mean, that's simplistic, but it, that is what's going on today. And it's not necessarily something we know how to deal with, Lynn. I, I think that if you go back, and I'd love for you to talk to this because you address it in the book. You know, I think if you go back um, 40 years, if something wasn't fair, people got like a bunch of signs and they went down to Washington or New York or wherever they are, and they just made a whole lot of noise. Are we not able to express that now? I mean, are we having difficulty as a society expressing as a, as, a, as a large body of people what we feel about the changing uh, landscape of life? I think we feel impotent now because things are so much more corrupt. Um, you know, back in the 60s, for instance, there was a that was probably the height of community bondedness in America. It was after the war, and there was a tacit assumption of what's for the common good. And I, I did some research into this with some wonderful essays uh, by some people looking at the whole broken contract that has occurred in right. the last 30 years. And they said before that, you know, the heads of businesses and uh, academic centers and government all felt this kind of collective responsibility for the common good. And oftentimes they would vote against their own self-interest if it felt like it was for the common good. Like, you know, if you look at the Republicans all voting for civil rights in the 60s, even though it wasn't presented by their party, they felt that this was for the common good. That whole idea has just degenerated to what's in it for me or what's in it for my political party now. And also there is, you know, much more corruption in, and in the media there is a rise of a whole lobbying system. So the average person on the street thinks that at least the top-down way of doing things, we don't have a voice anymore. So the real thing I'm real, talking about in the book is that that isn't the way to change. The way to change is going to be from the bottom up. And my encouragement, and one of the things I'm doing now is I'm launching a, a thing called a bond handbook. It's just a free giveaway I'm giving to New Thought Churches and a lot of community groups to help them learn how to use some of the principles I talk about in my book, like learning to enlarge our experience of community and coming together for common goals, even with people who dislike everything you stand for, you know, how to overcome polarization. Um, because, um, and I'm, you know, I'm launching this, and I'm launching this with Gaim TV, who's, who's sponsoring this whole program and outreach, because I want them to learn how to rebuild their communities. And I think what's what the whole purpose of this drive is, is to do it from bottom up and to empower people to understand that, you know, when you start with even the most minor things, you can create uh, a contagion of change. Even the most minor, minor um, actions of generosity can create a huge wave of change. And I think that's the only empowering way to go now because I think, as I say, it is so corrupt and intractable from the top down. You know, the there's so much nastiness and negativity in the top down. This is, doesn't mean, by the way, don't vote everybody out there. I think everybody should vote, and we need to vote yeah. more than ever. Yeah. Um, but I think that 
to empower people, I think we just start with our own little group. By group, I mean office, group, neighborhood, extended family, even larger community. And by the way, and by the way, Lynn, if you're, if you're, if you're thinking to yourself out there, I don't know how to do that, start with your family. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, what this means. Lynn calls it the unifying effect of fairness. You know, what are some of the principles that she outlines in the book, The Bond? And we're going to make sure that you have lots of information about Lynn, how to find out more about her when we come back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Are you feeling stuck? Do you want to be free from fears and doubts and finally feel good about yourself, but you just don't know how to get there? Dr. Schaub's Accelerated Breakthrough Program provides you with the tools and solutions to go beyond your limitations and achieve self-empowered confidence. Call for your free phone consultation at 866-903-MIND. Visit CellularWisdom.com. That's CellularWisdom.com. Change your coffee experience forever with Kameno Island Coffee Roaster. Fair trade, certified organic, shade-grown delicious coffee. The Kameno Island Coffee Roasters are giving back. Receive a free pound of the most popular single origin coffee, Papua New Guinea, to the first 250 callers. The number is toll-free, 855-438-8671. Just pay $8.95 shipping and handling, and you can try triple certified coffee for yourself. The number is toll-free, 855-438-8671. This is a free pound of coffee that retails at $16.95. Once you've tried this coffee, you will automatically be enrolled in the Coffee Lovers Club for free and will always receive free shipping and nearly 30% off retail of your coffee orders. This coffee is going to knock your socks off. That number again is 855-GET-TOP-1. We say top one because this coffee is the top 1% grade. That's 855-438-8671. Tune in each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com to the Elizabeth Anglin Show, your psychic connection to your soul's path. Elizabeth takes you to the Universal Etheric Space Library where soul records and life lesson plans are stored. This live call-in show will help you decide what your life plan is through the help of your guides and guardian angels. Visit ElizabethAnglin.com or call 1-888-640-4893 to schedule your reading with psychic medium, animal communicator, Elizabeth Anglin. The hit radio show Authenticity Rising with Christine and Sabrina is energizing people everywhere to rise to the occasion of their lives. Do you feel overwhelmed by all the information out there that's designed to improve your life? Do you feel that you're destined to become more? Are you sometimes afraid to fully express who you are? Let Authenticity Rising with Christine and Sabrina help you to step into true empowerment, leading you to greater joy, ease, and abundance. Co-hosts Christine Upchurch and Sabrina Fritz invite you to join them every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio and rise to the occasion of your life. 
The root cause of disease is not what you think. Doctors are treating the symptoms, not the root cause, because they haven't been trained to do so. Dr. Alex Lloyd has developed a simple technique that has saved thousands of people from lives of frustrating and debilitating illnesses. This technique has been featured on national broadcast and cable television in People, Time, and USA Today. If you are ready to heal and tired of being treated, visit DrAlexHealingCodes.com, where you will find free life-changing information. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you so much for tuning us in, turning us on. If you would love to find out more about us, you can go to the drpatshow.com or you can go to transformationtalkradio.com. Lynn McTaggart is my very special guest joining me here today. And, you know, Lynn, I wanted to ask you, what is the best place for people to go to find out more about you um, and more about your work and more about this uh, upcoming, uh, in, you know, workbook that you're putting together? Okay, well, people can sign up at to get information about the workbook. They can sign up um, to receive information from my website, www.thebomb.net. And they can also look at my other sites, which are um, lynnmctaggart.com, and that's Lynn with an E, and L-Y-N-N-E, and McTaggart with an A-R-T because my name gets spelled wrong a lot. So that's lynnmctaggart.com. And for the intention experiment, to get involved with our worldwide experiments, that's theintentionexperiment.com. Before the break, and thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much. Before the break, I was talking about the, you know, certain certain things you highlight in the book. There's so much in the book to to talk about. But this idea that we started uh, with the fairness effect um, and what that means in building new community and building neighborhood. Uh, in reaching out um, in a way that we haven't done before. But one of the things that I do want to talk about before we get to that is the chapter you write on surrendering to wholeness. And I've read a lot of books, and, and I've, I, I've never heard the term surrendering to wholeness. And it has a special meaning, and I would love for you to talk about that. Because I think nine times out of ten, we're trying to get to wholeness. We're trying to work towards wholeness. You know what I'm saying? You know, we're yeah. putting in a lot of hours around wholeness, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Really, really working hard at it. And um, I think what's really interesting about um, the research um, that I discovered for the bond was how much of nature has already done the work, that we're so hardwired to connect with people that we don't really have to work at it. You know, our connection... Uh, nature has designed us in every way to bond, and by bond I mean connection so integral and profound you can't say where one thing ends and another thing begins. You know, we imitate people, you know, without even trying. I mean, if you were sitting across from me while I was speaking, you'd be nodding your head and blinking your eyes in time to my voice. If we were both filmed, you'd see that we'd synchronized. And, you know, plenty of studies have shown that when, you know, people do things together, they're 
their brain waves start operating in synchrony. So, you know, nature's designed us to connect no matter what. And I think the surrendering to wholeness, I was so interested in the work of Orland Bishop, who works in Watts in California, you know, the, the armpit of the universe, you know, where the, the two very, you know, some of the most violent gangs are. And yet he's teaching rival gang members to connect, to work, you know, to be whole together. And it's very simple what he does. He gets them, first of all, out of that place, into little workshops, out of the state. And he has them sit down and tell their stories to each other. And, you know, these stories are pretty grim, um, what these kids have gone through. But from that story comes a humanity and a connection that leaps across the fence. And I think that's what's been so powerful looking at, for instance, groups of um, people who are polarized in America, like the pro-life and the pro-choice movement. Right, right. You know, there was a really interesting situation in um, Cambridge, Massachusetts a few years ago. Um, There were some people who were employees of, Planned Parenthood, and they were, you know, they were shot by a shooter who just walked in and started, who was an anti-abortion, started shooting, and shot and killed. So at this point, the pro-life and the pro-choice people said, we've got to get together and do something about it. This is getting out of hand. So they decided to meet in secrecy for years. They met for a few years, and they learned to tone down their inflammatory, accusatory language and to just tell their stories of why they believed what they believed. And after a while, you know, when there were more threats on Planned Parenthood, it was the pro-life people who found out first and tipped off the pro-choice people. So they started to work together in that way. And then at the end of this meeting, Tom's secret meeting, they held a press conference. And the press said to them, ah, so who won the debate? And both sides said, well, no one. We actually believe more firmly now than ever what we believe because we've shared it so deeply. And so the reporter said, oh, so it must have been a failure then. And both sides said, oh, no, because now, you know, we go out together, we party together, we look after each other's children, we love each other. So I think that's a perfect example of the power of sharing honestly and deeply from the heart, exposing yourself raw to the so-called other, the enemy, and watching what automatically happens. The heart leaps across the fence. Absolutely. And one of, one of the things I think you're pointing out that is so brilliant is that, uh, and I, I was talking to a friend of mine about this, and, you know, we have points of view, Lynn, uh, about life. You know, points of view about what's fair, what's not, what should happen, yeah. what shouldn't happen. And I was, we were having a conversation, just a very friendly, just exploring each other's point of view about something. And what I discovered is, just on this one item I'll mention, and, and maybe you can talk to it. What I discovered is there is a, a, a let's just call it a, a collective consciousness of what Obamacare is, means. And I, I don't do political stuff, but let's just call it health care. Let's not even call mm-hmm. it that. Let's just call it health care in this country. What it means and who are the people that will get it. 
And so what's interesting in the conversation is that, you know, my friend indicated, well, you know what, that is just for people that just can't pay. I mean, a whole illegal aliens. I mean, the thing went on and on about the perception. And I said, I said, did you know that in California, Sacramento, they have one of the largest Caucasian homeless group of people. And my friend, best-selling author, was part of that. And what he did as a result of that is created I Care America. But we have these points of view that that is for them and not us. And then the reality is, Lynn, I think in the next 20 years, there are going to be a lot of people that wish they had health care. And, and I think that's the kind of conversation that it would be brilliant to have. But we just Absolutely. don't know how to do it. I mean, we just don't know how to do it. And I think, isn't that what your book is about and your work? Yeah, how to have conversations with people who don't agree with you. How to end your polarization by looking and creating a larger view of what we is. And how to see more holistically so you can see the other side, you know. There's not just one way of doing things, but also how to communicate with that. I mean, I was really proud on my Facebook page. There was a big debate about a vaccine on my Facebook page when I threw out something about some research I was doing. And the pros and the cons were so respectful of each other. It was so great to see. And they were kind of bonding as a result, even though they had very different points of view. This whole thing on healthcare saddens me too, because of course I live in the UK where we do have the National Health Service. And um, yes, a lot of people, myself included, also have private medical insurance. Right. But I've had it numerous times where my kids have had some sort of emergency and it's brought a lump to my throat to drive into a front of a hospital and have somebody immediately take them and, you know, just take their NHS number, no bill, no questions, no no questions, oh, we can't take you, you don't have insurance. Boom. They were, it was all about taking care of the kid. So I think that there are more than, you know, just um, uh, illegal immigrants who need this. I mean, there's 44 million people in America who don't have health care, you know, or didn't have health care and who are... Yeah, you know, also having problems feeding themselves. So here's the thing about that's really important to understand about any kind of collective effort like that. Um, you know, and people mis- miscall it socialism. Um, there's been studies of fairness and fair populations where they have, you know, some of the basics and when there's an opportunity for everyone to have the basics like shelter and health care and a decent job. And they've found that the more unfair any society where they can't have access to that, the more everybody suffers in terms of education, health care, mental health, crime and violence. And America, which is the richest country in the world still, has is of 15 countries at the bottom of all of those social indicators because we are the most unfair. And other countries like Norway, like the Scandinavian countries, where there is much more accord like that, um, also has everybody healthier, everybody better educated. So I think we have to start really looking at the fact that even when somebody is wealthy, um, they are impacted by unfairness too. We're all impacted by situation where, situations where it's not fair. 
Well, this is really, I mean, and, 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 and part of this conversation is really to understand at the depth of what we are feeling. You know, when we talk about fair or not fair, um, there are so many things that are coming up in terms of what we expect or what we think people, organizations, companies are obligated to provide. And once that, that promise, and it is a promise, Lynn, I mean, we, we are so shy in this country to use the word promise. I have to tell you, I know this very well. I studied this area a lot to the point where I've had people change my research questionnaire so that I didn't use the word promise. I mean, that's how scared we are. (laughs) That's how afraid we are to use the word promise. Think about that. Think about what must be going on in organizations' minds with the word promise. And yet, you don't have to say the word to imply it. And I think that's the part of the conversation that moving towards the bond and some of the things that you you talk about in the book help people get beyond. Because if you're sitting down the table and you're looking at a a company that said, I never promised to give you health care after retirement, and you have a retiree looking at you and said, dude, of course you did. You've got to begin the conversation. But is the conversation shallow, Lynn, without action? And and are there areas where action is absolutely required, or is the conversation enough? No, absolutely. Right now, we've got to get past conversation and debating, and that's why it's so important for us to come together. We are, you know, facing so many crises. We're we're probably the most important generation that's ever lived because everything we do over the next few years will impact not only our children but children for all time. So I think it's really essential that we start moving past just talk to learning how to connect with other people. I mean, I felt there were four important things, as I said earlier. I think it's really important for us to learn how to see the whole. And in the bond, I've got a lot of exercises now in the paperback version to help people do that, to see other points of view and to see and connect with that, to learn how to connect with people who are not like you, who, in fact, who disagree with everything you stand for. You know, there are many ways to connect, and I try to provide that. I think we have to have a larger version of what we are, of who we are, you know, a larger definition, and learn how to come together with larger goals. And I talk about in the book the real power of, you know, a collective goal. And we see it. We've seen it. And, you know, what happened to America after 9-11? We spoke with one voice because we had a crisis like that. So we all came together. Just when you have a blackout, people come together. People see the best of each other in a crisis, usually, not, you know, Hurricane Katrina, but, you know, most of them. And finally, we do have to understand that all of us have to step up to the plate now and start looking at what moving past just spiritual study, spiritual internal study and development, and move on to spiritual activism. And, you know, people, a lot of people shy away from this because they believe, Pat, that it's going to take, you know, leaving the day job and becoming a full-time volunteer. Not at all. No. I mean, I've, I've been impressed, and I've talked about it a lot in, in The Bond, about people like Marie, who, you know, was really kind of disgusted with the very dog-eat-dog culture in her office. So she decided, 
well, maybe I'll do something about it. What can I do? What can me do? You know, little me. So she decided to just leave change in the Coke machine every day with a little sign that said, your Coke's been paid for, keep the spirit alive and pay it forward. And this completely freaks out her her company. You know, they start creating a spy network to try to find out who the secret Santa is. Right. You know, so Marie decides to up her game. So she moves to another floor and she starts leaving donuts with the same sign. You know, these donuts have been left for you, pay it forward. You know, keep the spirit alive. So this starts an ongoing conversation that was just, you know, it was like holding a giant mirror to this dog-eat-dog company. And it became conversation at the dinner table for weeks, and ultimately it became the one little impetus that completely changed the culture of that office. That's how what it takes. You know, when generosity is the currency, the game starts changing. Well, I mean... I love, I love what we're talking about, Lynn, Lynn, because first of all, you know, for those of you just tuning in, I'm here with Lynn McTaggart. The book is The Bond. The body of work is transformative because what you and I are talking about is, and honestly, I had to learn this the hard way. It is the individual actions that we can take every day that have enormous collective ripple effects. And, and that really, for me, it, that's the aha that I've gotten in my life doing this show. Uh, you know, I, I didn't think most of my life that anything that I did or could do would make a difference to anybody. I mean, that is kind of the new awakening, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that you can, and you can start with yourself and then move to your community, your relationships, then your community. And, you know... Uh, as you say, we think we think we're powerless. We keep waiting for the big guys in charge to do it. Right. But, you know, one of the things that I really pushed for in the book is what the core psychologists call the superordinate goal, which right. is the whole idea of the goal that can only be achieved by the collective efforts of everyone involved. Think witness. Think the movie Witness, and think of that amazing scene when they build that barn, and everybody in the whole. Community is doing it. Even the kids are are nailing things, and the women are baking things, and everybody's up there, including Harrison Ford, who was, you know, God love him, was a carpenter in real life, you know, before he became an actor, so he probably knew what he was doing. The point was everybody was, you know, working together, and that kind of thing, as I said earlier, when you work together like that, everybody's brainwaves start operating in synchrony. So no matter what your beliefs, no matter how polarized, you start coming together automatically. So, you know, building a barn can make take many, many, you know, it can be many, many ways. You can build something for a neighbor. You can form a landscape brigade, you know, take turns having the neighborhood come together to landscape a neighborhood's a neighbor's backyard. You can organize your neighbors as a protest group against something that's going to negatively affect you. We did, did that in my neighborhood. It brought everybody together. You can create neighborhood watch scheme. That really brings people together. And so on. Take turns, you know, taking your kids to school or, you know, taking some time to clean up the parks or, you know, even setting up a neighborhood savings bank, which a lot of people do um, in Japan. I mean, believe it or not, they don't trust yes. the banks, so they work yes. together. Those kinds of things have two purposes. They do what you need to do together, but they also bring people together, and that becomes infectious transformative. 
So that's the program I'm now working out with the bond movement, as I'm calling it, with the new, starting with the new thought churches, trying to help them learn these techniques themselves, but then reaching out to the bigger community to help rebuild it and to bring, particularly bring people who aren't part of the new thought community. You know, people are not like them and bring them in for bigger goals because no matter whether or not you believe in abortion or Obamacare or whatever, you can all benefit and connect in building something in your neighborhood or doing something collective in your office or bringing your extended family together for something bigger than yourselves. And just watch what happens. Magic happens. It does. And nine times out of ten, Lynn, don't we find that we have more in common with our neighbor who we think is our enemy than, than not? And thank you so much for joining us here today. Um, I can't wait to see what you're going to be producing next, and I would love to help you get the word out to some of these new thought communities. Lynn, thank you so much for joining me here today. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? Once again, just a message of empowerment. You know, as on the brink of this election, even though it's very important, I encourage everyone to vote, it doesn't really take the big guys in charge. Right now, to solve these crises, it doesn't take Congress. All it takes is the simple belief that it doesn't have to be like this, not for one more day. And that thinking and that action starts with you. I love it. Lynn McTaggart. Lynn, give out your websites one more time, and thank you so much for joining us here today. It's been a pleasure, Pat, as always. It's www.thebond.net for information about the bond. Um, then there's the intentionexperiment.com to be part of my intention, ongoing intention experiments, big ones coming up in September and December. So please sign up now. And um, also lynnmctaggart.com, which is my mothership website with all of my other activities. I love it. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody out there, what an invitation this has been for you and for me. A lot to think about, but more importantly, you could start right now. Thank you for tuning us in. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show. Thank you for joining us today for The Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. The Dr. Pat Show can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific on voiceamerica.com and Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. on KKNW AM 1150. So join Dr. Pat live or listen 24-7 at www.thedrpatshow.com. Tune in each week on TransformationTalkRadio.com, Wednesday at 2 Pacific, 5 Eastern Time, and express and experience the infinite possibilities waiting in each and every moment as you listen to From the Heart with Elizabeth Cookson. Get ready for a packed hour of laughter, tears, and a soul full of emotions as Elizabeth raises your vibration and shifts your spirit. For more information about Elizabeth and to schedule a session, visit ElizabethCookson.com. Transformation Talk Radio is designed to attract people like you and like me. Millions of people across the globe are looking to up-level their lives. If you have a message and want to take it out on Transformation Talk Radio, make sure you give us a call, 1-800-930-2819, or send an email to host at transformationtalkradio.com and get ready to host your own show on one of the fastest-growing transformative networks in the world. Transformation Talk Radio.
anyone teach you to be a parent? What if there were tools that could make your job a whole lot easier? Glenn Rice invites you to be the questionable parent you truly be in a dynamic teleseries designed to empower parents to know that they know and give you the awareness required to create ease and joy between you and your children. Check out GlennRice.com to learn more and to book a private session. Or dial 415-235-2807. Transformation Talk Radio showcases a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, education, and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Our hosts bring together some of the planet's most preeminent and visionary changemakers, best-selling authors, motivational speakers, leading-edge scientists and futurists, environmentalists and educators, world-renowned spiritual leaders, inventors, filmmakers, artists, mystics, and healers that are stimulating and supporting individual and collective growth. Get ready to create positive cultural shifts on Transformation Talk Radio. Join us in making a meaningful difference in the world. TransformationTalkRadio.com. That's TransformationTalkRadio.com. Gratitude, asks Sacred Space. Tell me, who are you? I would like to meet you and get to know you better. Gratitude responds, I am that which embraces each atom of your universe. I am that which makes your environment vibrate with very high frequency. I am that which attracts towards you all the hearts that you shelter. Wouldn't it be wonderful to allow yourself to bathe in the energy of your own sacred space every single day? Learn how to create your inner sacred space using our Essence of Gratitude Trio, which includes the Gratitude in Action, Actions of Gratitude book, our Essence of Gratitude journal, and our Bungie bookmark, all which emanate powerful vibrations that transform your life in health, creativity, wealth, and enriched relationships. Visit our Gratitude Living Boutique at explorationgratitude.com. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Our hosts are setting a new standard for a fresh kind of talk radio, creating conversations that are transforming the world, one listener at a time. Transformation Talk Radio's mission is to broadcast a distinct blend of live talk radio interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Topics range from personal development to critical issues relevant to a rapidly changing world. Stay tuned. Transformation Talk Radio starts at the top of every hour. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. 